0: Hola, mens. Welcome back. Damn, this is Blushing Under Melanin with your host K-G. It's Kechi. It's K E C H I. If you wanted to know, <laughs> thank you. Uh, yeah, once again for tuning into my podcast. Um yeah I um I'm enjoying it so far I must say so I I I I am really enjoying it and I'm happy for everybody that's been tuning in and giving me just amazing feedback I appreciate it um, but yeah, this um, week is going to be part two of my interview with the amazing Todd. Uh, we really got into it uh, last week, talking about, like, Paradise Garage and Studio 54 and the 70s and all that, and we're going to dive into it just a little bit more this week. Um, but yeah, we it's a lot about just, like, Brooklyn, a little bit of East Coast versus West Coast swag, uh, which we were talking about a little bit last week, and then also just, like, Gangster hat, what even is a gangster hat, you know? I was gonna say gangster lean, but that's that's a little bit more recent. That's that's the last twenty years, um, but yeah, um, like gangster hat, and then also what is a coordinate suit? Just some some of the things that we talk about in this interview. But yeah, it's a lot of great archival uh, New York history that um, I just hope you enjoy. Where we left off last week, we were actually talking about a particular uh, curly-haired gentleman from the West Coast that um kind of brought some of his style and uh that was a little bit ahead of his time and that's where we left off talking about his overall so that's where this interview is going to begin i would just like to apologize again this was before i had my second mic so we were sharing one mic this whole interview because it was in route in the mail if you haven't listened to the first half please go ahead and listen to the first half there you're going to miss out on some rich gems there but um yeah Go ahead and just enjoy this deep dive into vintage New York. Boom. Let's get into it.
1: He wore also, uh, he wore, um, he used to wear like his shirts opened up with a white tank top under it and a pair of faded jeans. And guys around my way wasn't really dressing quite like that because he was more into, like, a jean thing, Mm -hmm. where we used to wear jeans, but we didn't wear them, like, how he wore them, Mm -hmm. and and more or less, like, the way that he wore them, and as much as he wore them, Mm -hmm. you know. But I know that he had, um, he used to attract a lot of women, Mm. because of his afro, too. He had a very, very big afro Mm. that was curly. It's like, a big, curly afro. So between that, the afro, his style, and everything. And he also had a... um, a military jacket, mm. with uh, which is still always like in like uh, what do you call it? Like I call it. Do you know what an MA one flight? Um, no, no. So MC field. Do you know what MC field? Mm-mm. Okay. So uh, in general, I'll talk about that for a moment, just to break it down. To most of jackets outerwear comes from stems from something military, right? Whether it's an NB three. M A One Flight or M C (laughs) Field. Well, I know all this because I worked at Thrift for so long. Mm -hmm. So, an M C Field jacket is the jacket that's green and has a little zipper in the back of the collar. So, if you you've seen many men wear that. So, Mm -hmm. when the guys came home from Vietnam, they were you know kind of like, and I I don't know if they were like protesting or something, but they just felt like they want to wear that jacket. So they used to wear that jacket, and it became very popular. Mm-hmm. If you see the movie, um, let me see. There's a movie where the guy started wearing it. Um, uh, let me see. The movie that, it's a movie about, uh, it's not Cornbread Earl and Me. That's, uh, that's uh, uh Let me see. Do you remember there was a movie about in the 60s? And the guys came, it was about the 60s, and it was a black guy, two black guys. Mm-hmm. And one of them gets killed, and it was one of the guy was a ball player. Oh, what are you talking about? Cooley high, Cooley high perfect. Yeah, yeah sorry, my, my brain is frozen. No, that, yeah. So Cooley High is the movie where the guy when at the end of the movie, he starts his attitude, I guess, changes. So he, for some reason, put that jacket on, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a lot of times it's always like that for some reason. I can't really explain the details with it. Mm-hmm. But I think the Panthers used to wear them also too sometimes. Mm-hmm. But anyway, my friend had one, and on his, back of his jacket, it said, I only sleep with the best. <laughs> oh,
0: wow. He lets you know up front. He <laughs> lets you know right up front.
1: Yeah, so he was, he was pretty... Pretty uh, wild with his stuff, you know. But I think he was good. And I bought two denim suits from him. Mm. And these suits were denim, and I mean suits, I mean like blazer and pants, mm-hmm. denim. Where can you find this stuff at?
0: I don't see that.
1: And the pockets were different. They had like a um, pockets like a safari jacket. Interesting, yeah. So he said that he wasn't wearing it anymore. So I said, Yo, I'll take it off your hands. Oh, you know, I'll, you don't wear that no more. Uh-huh. I'll take the two denim suits. And I bought two denim suits from him. Mm-hmm. And that's a, I, that's why I've said I like liked his style, he influenced me too, mm-hmm. you know, just like the places did too. But the places were really, really strong, though. Because uh, I wish I had the picture of my first night going out to a club.
0: <laughs> oh, you, got, you have to find that picture. You I know, I know. I, know.
1: I keep telling you, I can't sure. find that picture. So I had on uh, the vest we used to wear. Like if we didn't wear a suit, when we got dressed up, we either wore a suit, with a uh, of course the brim hats that everybody wears now. Like mm-hmm. we we'll call it a felt hat is the name of it. Mm-hmm. They they call it something else now. I don't know why they changed the name, but everybody's wearing them now. The felt hats. Mm-hmm. We, used call, we used to call them gangster hats, because mm-hmm. gangsters we used That's to wear. Yeah, right? yeah. So we used to call them gangster hats. So. Um, my boy, they had on their gangster hats. I didn't have. I never really. I didn't. I was too young to get a gangster hat. So I had on uh, a vest with uh, wool, like a wool vest, with uh, bell-bottom pants to match, uh-huh. and a turtleneck, a blue turtleneck under. And that was my outfit. Uh-huh. And my other friend, he had on a uh, vest and pants to match, uh, with also a turtleneck, beige color, with a gangster hat. And then my other friend, he had on what we call a coordinate suit. You know what that is? No. Okay, so a coordinate suit is something that you can't find right now. If you ever do, just buy it. If you ever see that at the thrift shop. Uh-huh. A coordinate suit would be a three-piece suit, whereas the pants and vest sort of match together, uh-huh. but the jacket is sort of close to the color of the pants and vest, uh-huh. but a little bit different.
0: I feel like I've seen a picture I was I saw a mm-hmm. picture it was like and
1: he um, had it made for him it was a tailor made suit
0: okay I <clears> saw <throat> one um, like it was like early 70s but it was somewhere in LA yeah and it was like I want to think it was like the bottom half of the vest and the pants were like the same and the top half of the vest was like or maybe about the same color of the blazer so it was it was something like that so I don't know if
1: it's yeah right. so with a coordinate suit, like um, the colors in the sports jacket and a blazer you want to say blazer sports jacket whatever it was uh the same color but it had like a plaid in it and then the, the vest and the pants were the same color as the sports jacket but didn't have the plaid oh. you know so it's like a so they were well, they were in coordinate with each other mm-hmm. you know so it was like that was a thing that you used to see but it was a thing that you saw often okay yeah, because they were different in their style with the way they dress. Now, this kid is like 16 years old.
0: And who was, what was this, what type of person was it that was wearing a coordinate suit? Was this My a, friend. Okay. So, the own Blake as far as fashion.
1: Well, he was a place. Now, places have to be special.
0: What's the, what's the place?
1: His name was Place. Uh-huh. His father was a Mr. Place.
0: Oh. His, team,
1: the- his name was Tyrone Place. His brother was Allen Place, the guy that took me to the garage. Oh, okay. Allen Place was the cleanest guy. Russell Simmons told him that he was going to be a millionaire. Really? When they were teenagers, because they used to all hang out together. Because Russell Simmons is older than me, mm-hmm. probably about maybe like four years. But my boy used to hang out with him all the time. Mm-hmm. His name was Allen Place. Mm-hmm. And Allen used to uh, hang out with all these guys from the Hollis. They used to hang out on Hollis all the time. Me, particularly, I didn't really like Hollis that What's, much. Where's that? Well, where I grew up at. Okay. So, like, I like I, I hung out um, at a different park because when I used to hang out at 192, which was a Hollis, a lot of the guys used to always want to fight or argue. And I just wanted to play ball. So I didn't want to. Um... But the story is funny because my brother told me that the park that I used to go to He didn't like that part because they used to fight at that part. So I was like, Uh wait a minute. I was like, wait a minute, 34? Like he said, yeah, I didn't like that part because those guys used to like want to argue and stuff like that when we played ball over there. And so I was like, okay, you know. But he was five years older than me, so he was probably going there at that Uh time. But we were into really playing basketball a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, My brother played for like five teams. I played for only two. Okay. Uh, but I was I wasn't really into it like he was. But I did play a lot like in the uh-huh. park though. So every day when I got off, uh, like when I when I was in high school, mm-hmm. I would get off and I would go to the park, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I would play ball. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I would play with the guys with the team uh-huh. at school. But I didn't really, I don't for some reason I never got I didn't get the confidence until twelfth grade to actually play with the guys that were on the school team uh-huh. when we were in gym. Okay. And then my friend said, you know, you can play, man. Just play with those guys. You can play. Uh-huh. I don't know. One, one of my friends told me, he said, you, can, you play good enough. You know, you can play with those guys. So uh-huh. I started playing with those guys, you know. I have
0: but, to ask, did you ever meet uh, Russell Simmons or did you ever play with him or anything like that?
1: I, I met him one time, but it was so long ago. But like I was saying, he wasn't really famous at the time at the place called Disco Fever. Mm-hmm with my friend called Pi. Now, Pi was a um, a super-duper senior. Okay. I don't know if you ever heard of that.
0: They've been in school for a little bit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so They're the reason great. why Pi, we used to call him Pi-face. He had kind of like a flat face or whatever. But he he was a cool guy. He used to dress really nice. And Pi was in school because he was making too much money
0: uh-huh.
1: selling drugs, like weed, or whatever he was selling. Uh-huh. So one day, uh, and we got real cool, so Pi invited me to go to, um... Sorry. Pi invited me, uh... He's <laughs> so funny. You do it. Pi invited me to go to the Disco Fever. hmm And that was kind of like my, sort of like my introduction to go hanging out in the Bronx. Uh-huh. Oh, that's the and Bronx. I started, uh, and I started going into the Bronx, uh... Disco Fever is in uh, the movies that they play about, you know, with Russell Simmons I mean, uh, with uh, what do you call it? Um, um, the group. Uh, Run DMC. Run DMC. Yeah. They, oh, that really? movie, Crush Groove or something, whatever they. they oh, I haven't it. seen the movie.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, I I have there are so many movies and it's like it's so hard for me to get my hands on them and I've been trying to cut down the amount of TV I watch. But I know. This, I is need research. this is different. This is. I know it's.
1: Research. Culture movies. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the Bronx. Uh The Bronx, uh, Cool Herc invented on his uh, turntables the sound of Mm -hmm. hip-hop in 72. So that's a long time ago, Mm -hmm. way before these records started getting popular. So the Bronx is responsible for a lot of black culture, and they don't really get the credit for it. Mm -hmm. They're responsible for... um, Graffiti, they started that thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they responsible for uh, breakdancing. Mm-hmm. And um, and you said, what year did you go to the Bronx? Well, I was going to the Bronx all the time. Uh, okay. That was like, uh, I had relatives, so we used to go to the Bronx. Uh-huh. And um, I was noticing that my cousin sometimes used to hit me. To different records, like I don't know if you heard of George Duke, but you gotta listen to it sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's really cool, like a funky sound. Of they was always into something different over there. Um, if you go to a party in the Bronx, you'll you'll never forget it. Mm-hmm. It was always good, you know. Like the they call it the boogie down, mm-hmm. and that's why they did that because uh, Bronx is always partying. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to go to Eden Wall Projects. A lot of people who don't old school wouldn't. You know, probably know what I'm talking about you got to be a certain age uh for, for to be in New York in a certain demographic to know about the uh, skate key to know about disco fever to know about Emma's place to know about all these places that we used to go to in the Bronx mm-hmm. uh, some of them were after our spots you know we used to go to um I, I've been to so many spots in the Bronx because me and my friends like we used to get tired of hanging out in Queens and Hey, let's go to the Bronx and hang out. There was always something to do Mm -hmm. in the Bronx. this is
0: what? This is early, mid-70s, before Um, Studio before Paradise Garage?
1: Like, kind of like mixed in with that same time period that we used to go, like, I would say, like, uh, late 70s, early 80s. Okay. That was, like, my time period. I was really always never home. I was always out Mm -hmm. from parties and socializing and stuff like that, you know? I was... Big social, like, as far as, like, hanging out and with different people, mm-hmm. you know, going to parties in Brooklyn and going to parties in the Bronx and, of course, Queens and stuff like that. And sometimes Queens would have, like, trendy parties mm-hmm. where people from, like, the garage would go to and they would be, like, you would see people, like, that would hang out at the garage listening to, like, the same kind of music. Mm-hmm. And they'd be out in Queens, over like, like St. Albans. I went to parties like that. You know, so I've been to a lot of parties uh, to where I don't really have to go to another party, uh, exactly. even though I get invited. But I don't really like hang out as like I used to, you know. And if it is, it's usually in the daytime,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I'll go just to really see my some friends, especially out here in Brooklyn. There's a lot going on, and right. Brooklyn, Brooklyn is the spot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's still a spot. I mean, when you think about like Manhattan right now it's just not like brooklyn. manhattan used to be really really the spot. Mm-hmm. you know, but brooklyn has definitely taken over. Mm. with saint elsewhere and all these other clubs that they have out right now um in bushwick mm-hmm. uh the clubs that they have in uh williamsburg uh the clubs that they have in atlantic avenue it's, it's a lot going on. Mm. It's, a, it's a lot of music. you know, you can hear the best music in brooklyn. And Harlem is pretty cool, too. Mm-hmm. Harlem has some good places. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of, um, there's a place, uh, it's called the Schomburg.
0: No. I don't go
1: out too often, so. The Schomburg is a good place for you to go to because you can look up your roots there. Really? Yeah, you can date back, like, your family into, like, the 1800s and stuff like that. Oh,
0: okay.
1: Yeah, so that's a good place to go for archives. But it's the library, uh, Schomburg and they have. Uh, I
0: get their emails. Yeah, their <laughs> you emails, see? But I'm hearing the word, and I'm like, oh wait, I've seen this. I get. Their
1: yeah, emails. yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. sounds familiar, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So Schomburg, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's a really cool place, though. Yeah.
0: Um, mm. Let's see. I like. We have a little bit. We have a. a you want to go time. through
1: hot piece and butter? <laughs> we're, we're gonna save
0: that for another time. We're oh, you want to? One. Okay, all right. We'll so say that. So uh, let's. I'm gonna maybe just do two or three more questions, and you okay. can power through them, and then we'll call it a take. But cool. um, you know, I can do all that. You know, I know you got you got all uh, you got the archive and the stories. Um, so you can tell me about the story of when you really got into Paradise Garage. Um, I'll take my... uh, tell me the story of when you really got into Paradise Garage, and and your father had <laughs> called you. <laughs> a vampire because of this thing? Because you said like the club wouldn't open until like maybe midnight or one and then people don't get there until like two or three and then you're staying there until like six or seven and then you, I don't know, get something to eat. So you could tell me a little bit about that story about Paradise Garage.
1: Um, so I've been going to the garage for a while actually. I started going in 81 and quite frequently in 82, it turned out to be almost every week I would show up there and I was going out quite frequently. So sometimes I would beat up with different people and I would leave my house to go to the garage, sometimes maybe 1 o'clock, sometimes even 2 o'clock, mm-hmm. leave my house.
0: And
1: you said it was it's in the West Village. On um, King Street. King Street. Well, they now call it Garage Way or something, or Larry LeVan Way or something. They changed the name oh, okay. to that because uh, it's so important. It's such an important landmark. And um, so I was going there and going out. So when you get to the garage, sometimes I used to get to the garage early. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'd get there like 1 o'clock. But then sometimes I wouldn't get there till like four o'clock if I left at two or whatever. And sometimes I would go out and I would meet somebody um, because sometimes I didn't have a membership and I wanted to go with somebody with a member. Like once I met a girl who lived in Brownsville and she had a membership. Me and her became like really cool. We were friends, uh, not going out with each other. It was just really cool. And I would meet up with her and then we would go to the garage. So I would have to go out to way out. To, I'm living in Queens now. <laughs> I don't even know if I was driving at that time because sometimes I used to drive, but I don't even think I was even driving at that point. And I used to meet up with her in Brownsville. Oh, that's the track. And then from Queens, and then we used to go to the garage together.
0: What did but the it membership, seems, I'm sorry to cut you off, did the membership get you anything or you got in for free or?
1: Get you in. Oh, okay. You still had to pay Mm. but the membership was very important because then you didn't have to worry about, like, different people that you didn't want at the club there. Okay. You know, because sometimes, you know, you get people that you say, I don't want to party with these kind of people. So it kind of, like, made the crowd, like, a little nicer, you know, Mm. because of that, you know. But these are, like, a Friday night I used to go. So Mm. I used to, um... That night, I needed somebody sometimes to get in with me, so... To get me in. Mm -hmm. So, um... Sometimes like, you know, I would leave the house at two o'clock. Dang. Get to the garage at like four. Sorry. So sorry. Get to the garage maybe four o'clock. And it'd be pumping. That's at that time. Right. That is why. it like, you know, pumping at four o'clock. So then the garage closed at twelve o'clock in the afternoon. Good so man. if I stayed most of the time I would stay till like ten. I would be good. But then sometimes I would just stay to the end. And when I get out, my ears would be ringing. I mean, oh my God. because especially if I'm standing close to the speaker for quite some time, uh-huh. you know, my ears would be ringing for about at least like an hour, sometimes two hours. Oh my God. And it wouldn't die down for a while and my ears be ringing. And then uh, sometimes we would go to a place called Tiffany's. People that went to the garage who were still alive will remember like there was a restaurant called Tiffany's. You'd go out and have some breakfast. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes we, if it was really hot, we would just go to the beach. Mm-hmm. And our beach of choice was um, Reese Beach, okay. which was at that time kind of like public nudity. <laughs> and um, so sometimes we would go there and then we'd go to Washington Square Park sometimes. So we would go to different places. So my father was kind of like not seeing me. And then when i come in, I would crash. So then one day he says to me, you're a vampire. <laughs> I'm like, what is he talking about? Uh-huh. You're a vampire. You, you, you sleep all day. You go out at night and you're out all night. You're a vampire, you know. So I just like didn't really pay him any attention. <laughs> at all. I just started, you know, I kept doing what I was doing. I was having fun, you know. Mm-hmm. So then uh, six months later, he comes to me, and I'm still doing what I'm doing. And he says, "Hey son, come here. I want to ask you something." I said, "What, Dad?" He said, "You're having the time of your life, aren't you?" I said, "Yes, Daddy, I am." <laughs> and that was the joke you know so it was like uh, every time uh, people would call me and he would be like now Todd hmm cause you know back then you know we didn't have no cell phones right? so people would call and you always have to leave a message mm-hmm. so people would call me and they would like leave messages uh, most of them be girls you know I was always talking to a lot of women mm-hmm. a lot of young girls like so they would call me and then My father tried to be comical with them, so he would pick up the phone, and he would act like he had to remember who I was, his own son. He said, Todd, wait a minute, wait a minute, hmm, that sounds familiar. Oh, yeah, he lives here sometimes. (laughs) Man, Todd comes in here, and I used to start telling him all my business and stuff, he comes in here like 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon, and... I don't see time for like a week sometimes, but he was right though. Sometimes I'll be hanging out so much, and, you know, with friends or something like that. And I wouldn't be home, uh-huh. you know, and then I would go to work from where I was. And, Cause I was, most of the time I made it to work. Uh-huh. So I would just go to work from where I was, you know, so I didn't really, you know, um, I would spend a night over my friend's house and this place beat out that place. So. Sometimes my father wouldn't see me for three or four days. It was very common for me to do something like that, you know. Wow. And he would tell people that too. And they call me, and say, "Oh, Todd, I ain't seen him in about like a week. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where he is. You know that? You know Todd is. You know he likes to hang out. You know, like, what do you tell him all my business for? You know, it's like, why, Daddy, why you doing that? You know. But it was cool because me, and my father was cool. Uh-huh. I miss him. He was really nice. We have you
0: know. to do. We have to have another time where we talk about your dad. Your dad sounds like extremely cool.
1: Yeah, he was like the father of the block. <laughs> yeah. No,
0: stupid,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
0: let me see. Uh, wait, let me see. I, I have like one or, one or two more questions, and then we can go uh-huh. uh, Let's see. Um, so actually, I, I was curious about this question. Um, I was curious about this uh, question because um, I do have a background in anthropology and sociology. Yay to all of my peeps that studied social sciences. Um, but, um, there was definitely, if we're talking about the seventies, eighties, nineties, um, there was a lot, um, things that from a sociological or anthropological, um, uh, perspective, uh, social diseases, as I like to refer to them as far as like racism, you know, colorism, sexism, all of them they um don't necessarily just go away, they more or less just mutate. Like if we're talking about, you know, something like racism now, it's very different than what was happening fifty years ago, you know, in the US, in new American cities, um, in the suburbs. So but it was um very much more blatant. Um well, I
1: can touch on a few things, but I don't yeah. you want to go into that hard because that's like definitely like deep subjects with different stories
0: um we let's um i'm i'm honestly i'm curious we can see and um i don't, I don't put everything in there at some stuff i can edit and i can put in a different episode if we end up going but um okay, that's
1: awesome.
0: yeah but if you i was curious as far as like as far as like nightlife if any of that like ever played out in that um you know, in those atmospheres as far as people and interactions in the establishments. Um, But if you wanted to enlighten me of any of
1: those experiences. One particular experience is Sumner Projects. Right down the street from where you're at.
0: Okay, I know that, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, As far as racism. Uh, Okay, so me and my friend, I'm just going to make it short. But me and my friend, his name was Tyrone again. A lot of the stories was Tyrone because Tyrone is definitely a subject that we can talk about because there's many stories with Tyrones, Mm -hmm. uh, with Tyrone Place. Because he was my best friend, so we always hung out. He was two years older than me. So um, he said, let's go hang out in Brooklyn. So I said, all right, cool. You know, his cousin lived in Sumner Projects. He used to come visit us sometimes. So he said, let's go out. To his neck of the woods, you know. So, you know, sometimes I would be hanging out in Brooklyn, you know. So, because of him, basically, he had a lot of friends and family there. So we would go out. So one night, particular night, we went to Sumner Projects, and we're hanging out and we're drinking, and probably was smoking too. But I know we're doing a lot of drinking, and we drank so much that we got super super drunk, mm-hmm. and we didn't have any car fare. To get back home. So we had to walk from, I don't know if people would know this distance, but we had to walk from Sumner Projects to Hollis, Queens, in Queens Village. So that's like a long walk. That is, yeah, sounds And when we told people that we did it, they didn't even believe that we did it, but we actually did it. But we were drunk though, so it was like, you know.
0: No subway? W- Subway's too dangerous.
1: I mean, we could have we could have hopped the subway, but I think that since we were drunk, we just decided to walk home, mm-hmm. and it took us like a few hours mm-hmm. to do it, maybe like three, oh, dang. you know, to do that, you know, so we walked from Brooklyn to Queens. But what was interesting is on the way back, we had to go through a white neighborhood mm. that Always had a lot of issues. And I could go into some more stories about that neighborhood.
0: What neighborhood? Uh, by Metropolitan Avenue. Oh, okay.
1: So we had That's to go through. it
0: Jewish? To, like
1: Jewish? What? I don't know what kind of people actually lived there, but I know it was definitely like a white area. Mm-hmm. And it didn't particularly like black people going through it. Even in the daytime, you could have troubles going through that area, just like Bensonhurst was also a problem. And Howard Beach was also a problem. So there was definitely some neighborhoods that you would not actually want to go to, right? But my friend, he always remembers this and always talked about this situation because of something that I said. So we walked through the metropolitan area, and I don't think we realized that we were going through a racist area. So we noticed that there was this car kept driving by zoom zoom really fast and they were yelling out some stuff and we was like we're not paying attention to it and then they be started driving by again They started, y'all better get out of here y'all niggas y'all oh, better man. get out of here y'all niggas like oh, they wanted to do something you know oh, but I think what happened was when I said so then they says what are you niggas doing out here anyway and
0: these are white kids I'm assuming white men white men
1: they, were like, they weren't they were our age. Oh, these
0: are, these are full-on adults.
1: Yeah, full-on adults. But they were not, I don't think they were old, but they were young enough for whatever. But anyway, they were yelling out, what are y'all niggas doing out here at this time of night? And I said to them, we living, motherfuckers, we living. <laughs> and my friend, and then after I said that, the car disappeared. Wow. Because I think what they thought was, I think that they thought that we had guns on us. Mm. I think that's what they thought. Mm. Because we were, because I, with the way I said it, uh, that way, I think they probably was with confidence that we were not scared of them. And there were about three of them in that car, and it was two of me and my boy. But we were tall. Mm. We were big. I'm one, and my friend was about 6'3", 6'4". Mm-hmm. Tyrone, he was always tall. And
0: you guys, you guys like are teenage, teenagers.
1: Yeah, we're tall, but we had, by that time, we already had the height. Mm-hmm. You know, we were, like, he was about, like, maybe, like, 17. Maybe I was, like, probably, like, 15. But we were tall. Mm-hmm. But I think that the only thing I'm thinking, that the, why the car didn't come back after I said that, because I said it real loud and they heard me. I mean, I said it loud because I was drunk. Mm. And when I'm drunk, I get, I, get, I was getting I used to get loud, especially back in those days. So <laughs> I was pretty loud. And I'm pretty sure that they heard me. But I think they saw the confidence of us being, like, not scared of them and probably thought, oh, these guys probably got to come with them. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I said that, because we were coming from some of the projects and most of the guys in some of the projects at that time used to carry guns. Mm. Yeah, so that was that story. But my friend, he made a big deal out of it. And the funny part is, when I got home, and I went to sleep, I woke up. I had to get a, I had to almost get a new mattress and pants and everything. I was like, peed on everything. <laughs>
0: you, were, you were drunk. You were drunk. You
1: were very, very you were, yes. Yeah, um, I think I had to turn that mattress over and uh uh I think my pants ruined <laughs> I throw out the pants. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. So that's the story of Sumner Projects. Yeah, um, um
0: Yeah. I I'm fairly new to like I mean, I know that I mean my my, my maternal side, my mom's family is from the deep south, so they grew. My mom grew up in the deep south in the sixties and seventies. So if anywhere, my mom, they're from Mississippi. So if there's anywhere that there was like intense racism and segregation, it's the south. But I did. It was. It's only been like the, maybe the last 10, 15 years that when you really dig through New York's history, that you see that. It was, I mean, there was back in the day, there was slavery was legal, chattel slavery was illegal in New, um, in New York. And then they found the burial gar- ground, at, you know, downtown lower Manhattan. Downtown yeah, Manhattan. yeah, early 90s. Yeah. And you see um, that it was ext- it's extremely segregated. New York is still very segregated um, in certain ways. And now you have the whole case of gentrification. But um, you really dig out these cases and you're like, whoa, like, I. Um, uh, when I, I finally watched um, Do the Right Thing a co- like two, three years ago, and I, at the end of the movie, they show like these different cases as far as like, it was specifically, it was supposed to be about, like thought, police brutality, uh, the different cases of police brutality that happened like in recent years. Um, some dating to like the early well, stuff in there too. early yeah and so I re- had looked up the different cases because there were like six or seven of them mm-hmm. and I want to say about three or four of them if not more were literally incidences of black people in a white neighborhood one was like a young guy he was in the, he was killed it was in Bensonhurst and his car happened to break down late at night and it was by like white civilians, you know, in these neighborhoods. And so I'm like, I never got this story. I didn't know the story of New York as far as like being extremely segregated, as far as like the racism. And there's a lot. And I feel like that's it's such a
1: big place though.
0: Yeah. So like and I I wanna say I'm. I mean, I don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah. So like, when I hear stories like that, I'm like, yeah, you know, '70s, '80s, '90s. You know, this is this was a, new, a lot of New York. Um, um
1: well, we had to go to the school sometimes.
0: Yeah, I. Um,
1: they would fight.
0: I. Well, when you say you go to going to school, you mean like going to a school like in a white neighborhood, like you would go like to. I
1: didn't, so. So we're gonna end it with this though. Um, okay, let's do it. Let's end it. I didn't go. I didn't go to um. What do you what do you call a segregated school or a school at whites. I, I didn't go to that type of school. Mm-hmm. My school was all one hundred percent all black people, the only one of its kind, mm. and we got other news for that. What
0: school was it? It's
1: was called Andrew Jackson. Yeah, one white student. Mm. Out of three thousand, so mm-hmm. okay. But when my sister was there, it was half and half, oh. maybe less. Yeah, so it transitioned um, because the whites they moved out. Um, well, that's a whole another story too. We'll get into that like uh, another time. I'll tell you about mm-hmm. my transition in Queens, living in Queens. How the white people moved out when we moved in because of the um, real estate value went down. So. I mean, and after when you think about it, when you get older, you, you can't really blame them, in a way, you know. But it's still part of racism because then now for gentrification, now they're coming back, you know. But they had all moved; uh, they had all moved out. Um, so my friends, sometimes they would they went to schools with white people, and sometimes they would get had get jumped. By white, you know, people, gangs, whatever, and stuff like that. People that got together. So sometimes they would call us, and a couple of times my friend called me and says, "Todd, you need to come up to the school." And luckily, I didn't have, I never had the encounter mm. of uh, a fight with them. But I was ready to go mm. because that's how we were back then. You know, you just ready to fight. And um, sometimes they would call us and say, "You need, you need to come up here because." It's a lot of white kids, and they're ready to jump us. So we would come up there
0: they would call you on and the phone represent.
1: Or? No, they would just, you know, they, they, these kids lived on my block. Okay. But they went to schools where they were mixed schools. Oh, okay. So they went to schools in white neighborhoods because they were busting out a lot of blacks mm-hmm. back then. So either you went to my school, which is all black, or you went to a, a school with whites. And then, But if you went to school with whites, sometimes you did encounter a problem because they didn't like it. They didn't want us in there, so they would try to jump us. Mm-hmm. But once we seen that we fought back, then they kind of backed up. Cause So that's why they would call like people from other neighborhoods to come with them. Mm-hmm. So, so me, I went to a black school, but they would call me up there. My boy, he said, Todd, you need to come up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would come up there I went only twice I went to his school. I don't even know where he was at. I think he was still somewhere up around Metropolitan Avenue, his school, but it was way out there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why are you going to school all the way out here? You know, it's far. Mm-hmm. But he went to that school, and he called me. He said, Ty you need to come up here. And we went up there. We, I didn't have any problems, but I heard stories about there were some fights between the blacks and the whites. Oh, gosh. um, Because they didn't want us in the schools, but they were forcing us up there. Right. You know, a certain amount of blacks had to be in a certain amount of white schools. So that's how they were running things back then, you know, with the school system. Mm-hmm. So he went to a white school. Mm-hmm. So he called me and I went, you know, but unfortunately enough, I didn't encounter anything. Mm-hmm. But I was ready to go because that's how we was. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, then they, saw they knew they weren't playing,
1: so. Yeah, we was ready to go. Goodness. We was ready. We was ready to go because back then that's how we was you know we was ready to fight Mm -hmm. Um, that's what you had to do it Mm -hmm. you know remember I told you about with the martial arts and stuff we and my friends that was big we used to fight all the time that was the thing we used to just do it it was almost like playing basketball fighting you know play fighting you can get hurt Mm -hmm. play fighting too you know so sometimes some kids used to get hurt lucky enough I didn't get hurt uh I mean I got bruised one time in a real fight at school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was my fault cuz I was a bully.
0: See?
1: <laughs> yeah, but we'll we'll talk about my school years another time. <laughs> Yeah,
0: because I know you have more stories and you've already told me some of them and they are, it is very different from my childhood. It was, I mean, as far as I think just the era and then the, like just an urban environment, Um, very different <laughs> from where I grew up because I was a soft kid. And I honestly don't know if I would have been able to survive the streets of Brooklyn or any borough. Um, um, just a softie. Um, but yeah, um, I would like to thank you so much for uh sharing all these stories for me, like a lot of them are just gonna play in my head because it's uh just an era that I just admire um and I did not get to witness um I did um have i want you touch on this a little bit, and this will be our final question of course um i I maybe you've already answered this, but clubs um bring it back to the clubs but clubs are a lot they're very different now um especially in the age of social media now if you go to a club people they go and they might get dressed up but like people just they don't want to sweat they don't want to dance they just want to be in the vip and just show their friends and put it on social media um but like what would you say is would be like what was the social like kind of zeitgeist um that led to you know the phenomenon of Studio 54, but more so somewhere like Paradise Garage, where it was just like such an experience um, that I think just wouldn't exist today because things are so different. And you like, and you've kind of already said a little bit, but they were just more so of a, a freedom, you know, as far as the 70s and what was happening. And I, the fact that it was like, what it sounds like, uh, Paradise Garage was like, It was mixed, but at one point it wasn't even women there. It was just a bunch of guys having fun. That sounds like very interesting. But, um, yeah,
1: I don't know how you want to answer that. Uh. I just want to say I love your questions.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I try. I try.
1: Because they, uh, they bring out a lot of details that we have to probably get into some other things because right. one thing right. is going to lead to another thing yeah. and we because down. it's all complex uh-huh. but I will say that Justine's Leviticus and only people who never know what I'm talking about is God. you got to be like at least 50, 60, 70 years old to know about these places Bentley's Justine's Leviticus, these are all clubs. Pippins. I'm naming the clubs now. Oh, wow. And these are the clubs that I used to go to before I started hanging out at the garage. Now, I'm still kind of young. They were good clubs. Music were excellent. But they were still clubs that you had to be, like after work clubs, you had to be dressed up. Silver Shadows. You know, a lot of people, were, were, if they're listening out there, if you're out there and you remember some of these clubs, just say, hey, I remember that. I know what that cat's talking about. He must be from the old school. Yes, <laughs> baby. <laughs> but these clubs, uh, you had to be dressed up. And there was other clubs, too, around the area uh, in Manhattan. They're all Manhattan clubs, uh, Midtown, uh, Downtown, Midtown. I had one called Tribeca's. A lot of people would say, okay, you know about some stuff, the like mud club, you know. I got around. I got around. But um, these are early in the game as far as I'm concerned. And I used to go to these clubs, and I used to meet women. And sometimes I used to date them or see them for a while. And that was my thing, you know. But going to the garage was more special because of the music. I wasn't really into the music of the other clubs like I was at, at the Garage, you know, when I, I was excited. Because you have to understand, with the Garage, the Garage played the music two weeks before it came out on Airwaves. Mm. So sometimes I would hear a record, and I'd be with some folks, and they would be like, oh, yo, you Todd, you hear this record? I was like, man, I heard that like two weeks, three weeks ago. you like, <laughs> how? It's impossible. You, it just came out. How did you hear it? It's, they would. I said I heard it at the garage. I don't know. Like Larry played it. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know what happened. We just got the music early, and then sometimes Larry would play a record, and you would never hear that record again. You hear it once, and that's it. Boom. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes he would play music because we're gonna get into back to the garage when we talk about because there's so many layers mm-hmm. to the garage. But the music. Oh my God. He would play um Lolita Holloway he would play um different um the MFSB I don't know if people who know what I'm talking about mother father sister brother you know what I'm saying he would play mm-hmm. uh, a lot of Philly sound music and Philly sound is still not getting the credit mm-hmm. for very popular music and uh, Philly sound you want to know who it is the intruders uh the philly sound is the um stylistics philly sound is uh so many different artists stephanie uh what do you call it oh, i'm sorry i forgot her name uh but it was so not many stephanie uh, mills. no not stephanie mills um uh it's definitely um we, we i i know when i used to go to parties i used to see like a lot of philly sound um i a lot of the artists like teddy pentagrass is very very huge with Philly Sound, you know. Um, remember that record, Ain't No Stopping Us Now, McFadden and yeah. Whitehead? That's Philly Sound. So it's a lot of disco uh, records from Philly Sound.
0: When you say
1: Philly Sound, is that a label? or? Is Ph- that- Phyllis Hyman, that's a, uh, she's one of my favorite artists. Phyllis, I love Phyllis Hyman. Okay. And Phyllis Hyman is definitely Philly Sound, you know. Um, mm-hmm. The Stylistics is another one of my groups, so I love that group. And then there were groups that sang in the Philly Sound that didn't even, wasn't from there. They just felt like, okay, this is the right sound to be in. So they influenced a lot of sounds. Uh, The Philly Sound uh, was really big.
0: I guess I'm confused what Philly Sound is. It's just a type Uh, of sound or genre.
1: Well, the instrumentation is very, very well put together. Even... When you think of the later artists, like, uh, you make me happy, da, 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 da. That's Philly sound, baby. You know what I'm saying? It's like a lot of layers to it. It's not uh-huh. just like one sound, you know what I'm saying? It's like a lot of people. If you if you think that, um, I'll give you an example. Like, if you think that New York has a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know. Now, New York has a sound, too. You know, New York is a lot of, you know, music. That came from here in Jersey. Oh my God, Jersey is really strong. You know, Cool and Gang is from Jersey. I did not know that. You know, you know, the Funkadelic is from Jersey. Parliament. You know, so there's a lot of groups here. So Jersey has putting it down too. You know, and uh, the other groups are from like California. You know, like you got Earth Wind and Fire, that like, like West Coast. Mm-hmm. Santana is West Coast. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? So you got the West Coast sound too. You know, and then you got Chicago that's like a deep sound too. You got Shaka Khan, she's from Chicago. Okay. You know, stuff like that, you know. So everybody has their own sound. Detroit, that's Motown. So the Motown is like the base of a lot of music that's popular right now because they was doing it since the 60s and everybody who came with uh like the um like even the Jackson 5 and um mm-hmm. uh Marvin Gaye, you know, all these people that came through uh, especially the um Supremes. You know, like for me, like Supremes were like the first, we got to get into all that next time. But the, if you talk about music, the first song I think I remember hearing in my life was The Supremes and The Temptations, mm. My Girl, stuff like that, you know what right. I'm saying? Or like different songs that they were playing. You know, so, uh, so Detroit has a lot, a lot of music coming out of it from the Motown sound. But from that, you got the 70s, which exploded. Then you got White Soul, you know, you got the average white band. You got, um, even Shaka was really a mixed group. Mm. Rufus. He's white.
0: I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. It's a
1: lot to so the music that people don't know. They think that, oh, white people don't got soul. White people have a lot of the soul. And white people were in the, um, the group that were playing the music at the Motown. <laughs> there was mm. white people in that group. That, you know, they have their own, like, a group that we used to play music, set uh, musicians. I think they might call them. Uh, there was so it gets really detailed, mm-hmm. but the Philly sound is really like one of my favorites as far as me growing up because the um, uh, the the music that comes from them, um, some of those groups that we'll get into, we'll discuss the groups of the music that they keep, they produced. You know. I'm
0: thinking... Philadelphia this is nothing to do with Philadelphia this is Philadelphia oh, okay. sound okay yeah about, okay. okay yeah
1: this is the the Philadelphia sound is a lot mm-hmm. to do with uh even the uh, house music the popular house music today mm-hmm. it's a lot to do with disco it's it's, it's very deep mm-hmm. because Teddy Pendergrass is huge mm-hmm. you know and um there's a lot of artists even today uh music soul child you know there's a lot of people that even still making music uh from Philly remember that I want your brown sugar do do doo doo What's that guy's name again? I forgot. I don't remember some of the groups, you know I'm like look. Like, okay, I don't I know that one. Yeah, um okay. you know the record, it was kinda jazzy. Okay. You know, but it was a it's still like a big force in um in music. Mm-hmm. You know, the Philadelphia uh people uh, but nobody's really talking about it, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like nobody's like they talk about Detroit and they talk about the New York with the rap and everything and mm-hmm. And even the other disco, you know, like... um, Because we have a lot of good artists from New York, too. Um, Especially the number one. Mm. You know what that is? Chic.
0: Oh, I have one of their albums out. I have one of their albums out. Mm -hmm. Uh.
1: So Chic is... um, Has a lot to do with rap. Really? Yeah, because the Fat Boys, very early in the game, sampled that same record Good Times was sampled in 1979, so that was the first time something I think that I remember being sampled. The first year it came out, oh. so they sampled. So they <singing> that was a boom, 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 oh, right. a boom, 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 boom. That's Good Times. So they sampled Good Times and they made a hit out of it, but it came out all the same year.
0: That's crazy.
1: Mm-hmm, 79, seventy nine.
0: People always forget how closely they're like hip hop and like disco.
1: Oh my like, God. It's so deep, much.
0: It, it's so overlooked. Like we know Oh, it. definitely. We know it. We know that uh-huh. hip hop, 72, Cool Herc, The Bronx. Oh uh, yeah. Was, people were using disco tracks and like, th- like, and I mean, you watch a show like The Get Down and uh, um, they kind of, they'll tell you a little bit about the history, but I think it's so overlooked like how close these genres are. I mean I mean disco it feels like it, it came and it went really fast, but like it's like it's this is what like literally hip hop came out of this, you know, this era, you know, this music and I feel like yeah. it's so overlooked which is crazy.
1: But um because cause the age of sampling mm, you know mm. came from this uh this whole thing of music genre, you know, because what they what they said about Chic was very true. Chic, what is, what is, what makes Chic? What made Chic is Sheik took the music that was overproduced and simplified it mm. to make a simple beat because a lot of records, they were just overproduced. Mm. So people just, okay, you know, Sheik made a record about getting refused in a club. Freak out. Mm. Freak out is about them getting not getting into a club. Really? Oh, and they wanted to the, make the record F off, but they couldn't do it. Oh so that's so they came up the so they said, freak out. Let's chic freak let's freak. You know what I'm saying? But when oh. Sheik came out, that was something that was different, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? But he's a genius. Mm-hmm. You know. But um but when they, were, they was out, you know, they said, um, wowza, 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 dancing. They came out with that. They had a few other records. And they produced a lot of people. Mm. Like, the, um, the. remember that record um, that they came out with? Um, I wonder why. He's the greatest dancer. All I that, wonder why. And Will Smith simply died. He samples- said, but listen to the music. That's Nal Rogers. <laughs> really? Yes, listen to the music. Mm. <inaudible> That's him. Really? Yeah. He was he's a mastermind. Mm. Yeah. And he did some uh, some white group too. I forgot, I forgot the names. He's he's a master. You know. But that record, Good Times, was played so much back in 1979 that I hate it. When I first heard it, I loved it, but after a while I just hated that record. Because everywhere now. I went, they played that record. Every party, every um, park party, because park parties are very We got to get into that too. Mm-hmm. Next time we get into the park parties.
0: They have to have they occasionally have them at this Tompkins Park. Well, it's King of Mount Herbert back in the day, it was Tompkins Park. Oh, you
1: got to go to Fort Greene. Oh. <laughs> oh <you heard> of, <laughs> my roommate
0: told me that there was one that they
1: had. The one? Uh. They used to be every weekend back in the day. Oh, dang. Yeah, uh. And they're beautiful people. Really? If you want to see some beautiful black people come out to Fort Green, come out to um the what do you call it? The um the African Parade. Or no, so the African Mart. The um the one that they have at BAM, the BAM celebration. You see some, you know, beautiful black people with their own styles coming out. You know, you never Are been to pre- any of them? Present day. Um, now. I have um, no. Yeah, see, you haven't gotten to got to really get into Brooklyn. Brooklyn is a I beautiful know, place. Because when we was living in, a, when me and my ex girlfriend used to live in the Bronx, she just could not wait to move to Brooklyn because we were always here. Like, because she was very Afrocentric. You know, she liked that whole style. She liked she was into herbology, you know. She was into vegetarian in 1997. Mm. She was into all those things. Because me and my daughters, we even talk about, she's like, your, your ex-girlfriend, she was into a lot of stuff that weird into now. <laughs> she was very, mm, like, uh, yeah, yeah, she was definitely ahead of her time. And she put my locks in.
0: Oh, yeah. snap. She
1: was a loctician.
0: Okay.
1: So she used to do locks and we went out together and um you know I don't want to mention her name you now cuz she's still out alive but mm. we had a really good relationship you know mm. but I learned a lot from her mm. and it kind of like changed like kind of like a life-changing mm. uh thing and I even met um even her um her ex-boyfriend which is the father of her son me and him got cool we used to talk a lot you know so it was like a family kind of environment but we, um, but she, she just hated the Bronx because the Bronx, you know, back in the 90s, it didn't really have like a lot of culture. Like Brooklyn has culture, mm-hmm. you know. We got the um, the African that, that's on the, that's on um, used to be in Boys and Girls High School. Mm-hmm. A lot of people from the old school know what I'm talking about. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, they used to have the African um, festival mm-hmm. at the Boys and Girls. Now they have it at the um, at a park in near the Navy Yard. I forgot the name. Anyway. But that's every year. Then they have BAM, which is every year. Mm. So it kind of starts off with BAM. Mm. Then at the end of the summer, you got the Labor Day Parade and all that stuff. So it's always something mm. going on, you know, in Brooklyn. You know, you don't get bored out here. And then the parks. Mm. Yeah, and I would just want to close off with that.
0: You ought to take me out somewhere. Um, Daytime stuff. They, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not a night owl. Um. But yes. Thank you again for coming out and talking. We've talked for a while now. This is probably enough for like two episodes, maybe three, because uh, there's so much we talked about, and everything's like connected in layers and, and very nuanced. Um, but, yeah, thank you for coming out again. I um, appreciate
1: it. I appreciate you too. Sand the um, light. Sorry, I appreciate uh, coming out, uh, talking about these different experiences and stuff. So it, w- it was a lot of fun. You know, so I really uh have to do this again. oh, it will be many times because you are you have all
0: the stories and the tales and you and you you have all the details which I love um but yes, uh thank you for tuning in and um yes, join us next time all right <laughs> bye. Did y'all enjoy that? I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that thoroughly. Um, it was so great just as someone that just really likes vintage things and old things and just hearing about these amazing stories of like, you know, New York back in the day. It was just so awesome talking to this man. Um, but yeah, I hope y'all enjoyed as much as I did. Dip. Just uh, if you did want to check me out on social media, I am the Eccentric Dandy on Instagram and uh, just Eccentric Dandy on TikTok. And you can also find me on YouTube, The Eccentric Dandy. Uh, and please leave a review. Let all your friends know. Let your mama, and your cousins, and your baby mama and your baby daddy know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, spread the word. And um, yeah, um, definitely more to come, especially when I re-interview him, but more interviews to come and more of my ramblings. But yeah, thanks for tuning in. This has been Blushing Under Melanin. I will catch y'all on the flip side. Peace.